1: They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24/7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football.
2: If they expect me to walk away from Luton with nothing. I'll make very sure there's nothing to walk away from. <laughs>
0: for long run, effort, but the case with your target. Yeah!
3: Two-all-draw with Nottingham Forest. Hello and welcome to the Oak Road Hatter podcast and we're recording on the morning after yesterday's two-all draw with Nottingham Forest. I'm Billy Mulley. joined today by Jamie Castle and Kieran Robertson. First of all, Jamie, how are doing?
4: Yeah, not too bad. Um, recovering from the carnage, that was a not Nottingham away day, probably the way day that I had it all right with train strikes and Rivers bursting its banks uh, after a, a, a last minute equaliser. Um, so, yeah, feeling pretty good from that.
3: Fantastic day out yesterday, Kieran. How are you? Living the dream, mate. I mean,
2: me and Mick were leaving early doors yesterday with looked like every train under the sun that was cancelled. I had people texting me telling me it was a pointless journey. <laughs> you don't need to go up to Nottingham. La, la 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 la. Well, guess what, lads? 2.45, we rock up in Nottingham, ran to the city ground and, well, we all know what happens next. So if anyone said that that journey was pointless, <laughs> I disagree wholeheartedly.
3: Us Luton fans deserved every every bit of yesterday after uh, what some fans had to do to actually just get to the game on time. As, uh, as Kieran pointed out, his journey was fairly rough. It looked <laughs> like mine could have been quite rough, but luckily I got my connecting train just in time um and as always jamie castle sailed through with no problems whatsoever um we're going to be speaking about the game in a bit of detail and we'll also go into too good too bad um we've got to put it out last night so we're going to give you our own too good too bad but also writer lewis jones has also um submitted his so we'll get straight to that but before Before we go into our analysis, we are closing in on 400 subscribers on YouTube, and we're hoping by the next episode we've hit that landmark. So, if you haven't already, and you like what we're doing here over at Oak Road Hatter, please hit that subscribe button and like this video. It always helps. It helps the algorithm. I don't really know what what happens, but Jamie Jamie says it does, so uh, I'll, I'll take it from him. So. Too good, too bad. I'll come to you first, Kieran. What were your two good elements and your two bad elements of yesterday's game or occasion in a more general sense?
2: So I was just briefly thinking about this this morning and I think the two things that stand out to me is one, the carnage and limbs from Eli's goal and more so the fact that he got the goal. I think that was such a big thing for me, like sort of the last couple of weeks he's had. When you look at Tottenham and then sadly sort of some of the Abuse he was receiving on socials to then come out, chest it down, spin Warrell like a sack of potatoes and smack it in for 2 2 was just like the cherry on top, icing on the cake, and couldn't have gone any better for him, if I'm honest. And I think the second thing, as annoying as it was at the time to go 2 0 down, and then that's when we started playing, it was taking solace in the fact that we were 2 0 down and started to play and look like the better side and made a comeback. Like, you can look at it two different ways. And like I said, you've got that first perspective of why does it take us to go two goals down to start playing football? Fine, I can respect that opinion. But equally, there'll be different games this season where we'll be 2-0 down despite being a better side or 2-0 down and just getting simply outplayed. And it is what it is. But we've still showed that desire to come back, score two goals, and get a point out of the game. The subs were a game changer, but I'm sure that's going to allude to some of your too good, too bad. So I'll leave you to sort of digest
3: that. What about you, Jamie? What's what's your two good elements Is there? Anything else that that you saw yesterday that that deserve to be categorised in in too good?
4: Yeah, I think for me the the two the two clears two two goods are going to be the first one has got to be the character just to come back. I think to be able to get a point from from almost nothing. I think I saw someone say on, on social media that probably the first game where we've got something where we didn't quite deserve to, and I can't fully disagree with that. I think you certainly wouldn't have been too upset at the result based on the, the performance. I think Forrest certainly could have argued that they deserved all three. So to have got a point from from what was nothing is a massive positive and. Points like that are, are are absolutely priceless in terms of staying up, um, and secondly, yeah, I think subs. Um, I think Ross Barkley and, and Andrew Townsend changed the game and showed exactly why we brought them in. I thought before Barkley came on, Penny was was good. I thought I thought he was okay. He did he he, he was um, good in that press, but I think Barkley, in terms of his technical ability on the ball and distribution, and just uh, there was there was a, a a few balls that he played down our side. Like there was one f- f- through the channel to Eli, and and just just that interplay with with Doughty and Obele. Um, I thought he was excellent, and I think he changed the game. I mean, he he won the free kick for the first Townsend delivered um into the box. Um, wasn't the best delivery. I think I think Oria oh, yeah, must have slipped because my God, how, how the hell he he couldn't clear that. Um, so yeah, two two subs changed the game. In terms of the too bad, I mean, I think again defensively probably a bit too shaky. We, we think we, we gave away too much, certainly in that first half of the second half. I think the first half we 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 did give we did give a bit away. Um none of them overly clear. I think Wood at the back post was, was a pretty big one. Um Sangare right on the half time whistle, but then he's a centre midfielder and I think yeah, me me and Kieran know him from our our PSV following that, that he's he's prone to to, to, to that sort of thing, um, and yeah, I think another never too bad is is Rhys Burke obviously came off again, looked like a injury which to, to most might be a bit innocuous, but I think to Rhys Burke um it, it could be more severe than it looks and i think we we, we joked have you ever seen gabe osher and Reesberg on the same pitch because it seems like that seems like that they're rotating at the minute in terms of their their um their, their performances so it's almost like the physio team saying "No, I promise like Reesberg and gabe osher like do exist to one another because they, they just don't seem to be on the pitch at the same time
3: that's making me think now. When was the last time we've seen them in the same team? If there, there might be a glaringly obvious one that I'm, I'm missing out, but it, it does seem to be that way, doesn't it? It does seem to there be. Is, there is a big glare omission. You're terrified Yeah. Yeah, that's the one. Call myself for the number one time. <laughs> Okay, we'll move on to Lewis Jones's too good, too bad. Um, he's too good. Nakamba is different class and shown every reason why we went back to get him. Mm. I think coming to you, Kieran. He, I think with Nakamba as well, some uh, the majority of his work goes unnoticed because he splits the play and he progresses the play so quickly. Um, he does a lot of the dirty work, and you know the fact that we sing his praises so highly most weeks for doing sort of the unseen work just shows how good he is.
2: Yeah, and I think typically with sort of a deep line centre midfielder or a defensive midfielder in the canvas case, it is a lot of the sort of unseen work that fans don't see when they're watching the game or don't watch in the highlights because obviously it doesn't get shown. Um, in terms of a lot of the stuff that he does, which is more appreciated, is actually off the ball. It's positioning, it's organisation, it's calm. And I think him and Barkley yesterday. Like I love Pelly. He did not have a bad game yesterday. But the key thing, the difference between like a Pelly and a Barkley, next and a Camber, for example. The Camber's calm. He's just like, yeah, cool. Gets the ball. Like you said, breaks the play up, distributes onto the next person. That's his job. And then you have Pelly, who can play a really good pass, has good positioning but he's slightly erratic. He's a bit like, ooh, 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 like jumping to and from. And then Barkley comes on and he's just like, right, calm it. And he just, as soon as he gets the ball, the ball stops dead and his head's already looked up and he knows where the ball's going next. That was the key difference. And I think him and the Camber as a partnership, Barkley and the Camber, unbelievable yesterday. Like the Camber had a solid game yesterday, but he looked even better, actually, in my opinion, having a Barkley next to him.
4: You also think, like, like, you also think what could have been right with, with the Canberra and the Conga, Like, if if the Conga stayed fit, I think that that pair, especially now in now in this sort of four four two four two three one, in in that in that pivot, I think they could have been excellent together. And I certainly think if you look at drop points, Burnley, Spurs, um, I think we we certainly could have got another point or two. So I think that 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 double pivot when that comes back next next year, sort of January onwards. Hopefully, we can really start to get in that rhythm.
3: Going back to Lewis Jones' too good. It, the, the second element was showed a lot of fight to get back into the game and salvage a great point. Um, we spoke at the start of the season about Forest potentially being a contender for the relegation battle. I think they've sort of upped the ante a bit, I think, from their performances and the results they've got so far. And we, we alluded to it in the preview i think they're going to escape that that kind of relegation bracket which makes a point away to them um seeing that that even a bit better especially when you consider the circumstances 2-0 down and, and at a the, at a stadium like that very very easy to to lose your way and for us sort of what 3000 fans not to have the kind of impact we we would have wanted but I think that is a massive massive point in the grand scheme of things and hopefully hopefully it can uh, be built upon going to his too bad it was a fairly poor defensive showing we could have been hit for three or four i think we could um speak about that just for chris wood chris wood could have mm-hmm. had three or four which would have been very very disappointing um but do you agree with that jamie do you think defensively um it was poor or would you think that is a bit on the harsher side of things.
4: Yeah, I mean I think we gave away too many chances, I think the XG at the end was about two point eight or so in Forrest's favour. Um which again is as you say it is a tough place to go to. Um I think Edward said in his post match they've only lost two in their last nineteen home league games which now is like a full season, right? And and they've lost two. Um so it, it is a it is tough place to go and they have spent a lot of money and and in in the most part spent well. You look at Gibbs White, he's a fantastic player probably on the on the high side of a fee, but in terms of, of a player for, for this level, he's, he's really good. Um, so they're always going to c- cause a threat and, and and create chances. But yeah, I think when you give away too many chances, you, I think you are widening your luck a little bit. Like I said, you had the the scramble in in, in, like, in front of um, the goal line. Uh, you had the Chris Wood back post header. You had the the, the Sangre on, on, on half-time. Then to let them get through and have scored their two goals, so that's that's five chances really. Where on a, on a different different day, you're saying that they're four or five nil up. Um, not to say that we didn't have our chances as well. I think again, first half, okay, we did give away a few too many chances, but we did also cause a threat ourselves. Um, so it's just that 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 fine balance really, because you, you go to Fulham and give away next to nothing, but we create next to nothing as well. So it's it really is trying to find that that sliding scale balance between shutting up shopping and sort of playing, playing for a point, but also being brave and trying to impact the game as well, which we're just trying to find that balance in a minute.
3: It is, it's really interesting, the fact that we've spoken about the first few games of the season and that we were on the wrong side of fine margins consistently, but but yesterday seemed to flip around in our favour where we were kind of relentless in in our approach and you know not smash and grab because that is completely unfair but to score two goals from two good opportunities like what you know Wolves did to us scored with their only you know real opportunity Fulham they didn't create that much yesterday seemed to swing around in our favor which was which was quite good to see um hopefully something that that can be present going forwards but but obviously as we, we keep saying he's so tough in this league and to finally be on that right side is such a good feeling going on to Lewis's second bad element um, he feels that we need to be more cutthroat in the final third um, Brown with another huge headed chance um, again yeah um, I think when we made the subs I think we added a fair amount in terms of creating chances um i think that's for me been one of the big things is, is the chances we've created not really creating too many quality chances but i think once those two came on they just drove us up the pitch that that fair bit more than in townsend um he cut in on a couple of occasions he also went down the line and put in a really good cross it's good to see that and i think the so creating chances is only going to be enhanced by those two on the pitch. Um, but in terms of being more cutthroat, um, I think yesterday probably wasn't the best example of that. I think we were quite cutthroat, but I, I do agree that's been an element this season, Jamie.
4: Yeah, no, it's tough because I, I do think we did create a bit. I mean, if you look at the first half, you had Benet cross the pace the, the of goal and I think the centre-half just gets a touch on it in front of Morrison and Brown. Um, there was one that just flashed past the post. I think mean, Brown's header was golden, right? He's had, he's had three chances now with his head. One at the Fulham. There was one at home. I can't remember who he was against, whether it was a Cabernet or a Spurs or something, where you just need to put it anywhere, but but either over the bar or, or down the front of the keeper. I think if, if Brown heads that a metre to the left or a metre to the right, then we go one up. Um which is frustrating. I think he he himself probably is going to going to be frustrated because he's he's had some some good some good chances now, um. But hopefully that comes with with playtime and experience and just that confidence and just, and just trying to keep your head. You, you joke that like, for a forward, you almost just need one to go to, to go in off off your backside, um. Which is why the goal for Eli stays massive. I, I hope that gives him of confidence and what Kieran said right at the start of the pub was. That narrative, in terms of the stick that that Eli got, especially after that mischance against Spurs, so then for him to almost redeem himself, let's that, that say, and uh, and and get that point at Forest, it almost balances it out. Um, so it just, yeah, we just shows that we just need to stick by them because we know we are punching way above our weight, and it's going to be a, a long, hard slog this season, and there is going to be moments where. Players should have done better, but they're going to work their socks off and and try and make up for it over the course of 38 games and hopefully get us enough points to stay up.
3: We're going to head into a short break, but when we're back, we're going to take a more detailed analytical look at the goals and a little bit about the game itself. Picture
0: the scene, all of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.
1: on 116123. That's 16-123. 116 they are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football.
3: We are back for part two of today's episode following Luton's 2-0 draw at Nottingham Forest yesterday afternoon. We'll go through the Chris Wood goals both together. Um, obviously went into the break nil nil um playing okay forest could have perhaps been a goal up at that point but we we got into the break goalless chris wood then an open scoring within two minutes of the second half um delicate little chip Um done well to to get it in behind but looking at it jamie was it too easy for him? Do you think defensively there were a few mistakes in that that led to the goal or do you think it was more well worked than it was a defensive error or errors?
4: Yeah, I think a little bit too easy. Um, it's tough because Lockyer was being brave, trying to press the ball. I think it was it Gibbs-White that had the ball in the middle on, on the centre circle. Lockie tries to press but Gibbs-White just feeds it through and then Burt goes into goes into a land guard and it it's sort of it just seems a bit of a of a mess really in terms of players trying to be brave and, uh, and win the ball high high up the pitch, but just miss out. It's it's sort of one of those things where if that was on the other foot, this the centre half definitely wins that ball high high up the pitch and stops the counter and we're like, Oh, for God's sake. So yeah, I I think for me, looking at the second goal probably is the more easily afford, uh, the more easily avoidable one. Um, the first is just a bit. I think at at times unfortunate. At, at times too easy. Um, and they just they just managed to feed it through. Obviously, I will let Kieran go go into into the second goal. But yeah, I think for for me, Mengi l- losing Chris Wood, he's just just got to be stronger and get in front there.
3: Yeah, it's interesting because we spoke at the start of the game with um, with Forrest missing. And I still I still butcher his name, even though Jamie Jamie corrected me when I said it in the last pod. Um, so I'm not even gonna not even gonna try. But when when he was missing and, and Chris Wood uh, was named in the starting eleven, probably we were all a little bit happier. But I think we sh- he can be displayed throughout why he has become such an effective Premier League striker because he takes his chances, he's clever with his movement, he holds the ball up well. He it was a good all-round centre-forward display and I think he deserved his brace.
2: He was just a bit of a nuisance to be honest and for the second goal like he was an easy header but I said at the second goal I said how on earth have we made Chris Wood look like prime Robert Lewandowski and fair play to us for doing that because it's not often you see it, no offence mate, fair play, man of the match, well-deserved but Christ alive. Um It was one of those where the first goal you've already touched on, but the second one for me, it come from a cross from a langer where as a fullback you just show him on the outside and Kabore showing him on the inside on his strong foot. And that's the one thing you just don't do. And admittedly, I think centre-arfs could be better with marking. Kaminsky could be better with a a save because it bounces before even hitting the net. Maybe that's put him off slightly. Maybe I'm just being quite pedantic about it, but I just sort of, I watched the goal in real time, watched it back and I was like, it just screams easily avoidable. Like it's easy to say in hindsight about sort of, um, if they hadn't have scored that goal or if they had scored, then would we have had the comeback we had? Maybe not. The game would have still been 1-0 Forest and they'd have still been peppering us. Might have been a different result, but. We have this theme of conceding quite avoidable goals and we talk about it quite a lot. And sort of we come back to the podcast and we're sort of like, ah, that could have been avoided. Ah, that could have been avoided. And I appreciate that over time that sort of conversation is going to dwindle. Um, but I think it's just from perhaps a couple of our younger defenders, your cabores and your mengis, it's just having a bit more confidence in yourself and just not being afraid to close your man down or trusting yourself. So in Kabore's position, where, like I said, needs to show a langer outside and give him less room. Be more confident and stand your ground. Don't let him have his. Just because he's the one that's on the home side and they're winning. Show him out. See him out. Close him down. Whatever you feel like you need to do.
3: And I was listening to Steve Cooper after the game, who um thought that what we we'll speak about next was the the you know main focus of the game, the the Ogbene goal. That's really the catalyst that that started our comeback and of course it was it half the deficit but we we speak about very avoidable goals he would be saying the exact same thing there um townsend best not be claiming that assist uh we cannot have an assist for that surely um and, and you know i think it's also joked about that how effective we are typically from set pieces that the other teams uh, go and do their homework about us and, and our set pieces because historically we've been very threatening over the last few years. Uh, but it was probably the poorest, poorest cross of the afternoon that, that led to the goal. But Benae showed real, you know, an attacker's instinct and uh, a phenomenal finish, Jamie.
4: Yeah, excellent. And I think I think Steve Cooper was right in saying it was probably our worst delivery of the afternoon, and, and we score from it. Um, so you can't have too many complaints there as a Luton fan. Um, but yeah, I don't know what Ori is doing. I think watching it back, it seems like he slips a little bit, which is unfortunate. But the way he just sort of like does that, it's like she has got to do do better than that. Um, and then it's a bit of a ping pong in the box. Uh, and then yeah, great finish. I think he sort of, sort of like just clips it a little bit and it spins in rather than It's, it, it's not the cleanest contact, but ultimately, it, I think if it was a clean contact, it, it's five straight a turn. right. So it's one of those. Um. Then we have about a two-hour wait for VAR, um, and finally it's confirmed. But to be fair, like, watching it back, it was very tight. I think Ogbeni was shoulder to shoulder with, with their defender. Um, and thankfully, we were on the right end of a VAR call once. Um, and yeah, from there, I was chatting to Dad, and we both said that we, we could definitely get a point from here now. Um, and thankfully, we go on to, to get a point.
3: And Kieran, you spoke about it at the start, about Adebayo scoring, how fitting it was after sort of the and abuse he's received online. Um, it's brilliant for him and something that we've grown accustomed to, and I think it's something that, that Edwards alluded to, is that Adebayo has been central to some fantastic moments since, since he's come in. And this was right up there in terms of importance and in terms of just sheer brilliance and sheer joy it brought. Honestly, this
2: my opinion of him, I feel, is so much different to a lot of fans because a lot of fans are quite quick to jump on his back and not realise how influential this man is, right? He doesn't start games all the time, and that is fine. But he is like... In terms of mindset, so before anyone comes to my head with what I'm about to say, but in terms of mindset, he's like our own drogba. If we need a big moment... You best believe that man turns it on and does something. Playoff final, spins McFadden, puts the assist in for Clark's goal. And then here, Forrest, we need a goal desperately. What does he do? Jump higher, spin a man, smack it in near post, which for the record of the two finishes there, the near post is the far harder finish to pull off in the position that he's in. And people want to come on here and they want to doubt that man's ability. There's a reason he's trusted in big moments like this. And it's not just yesterday. It's all the time. There's a reason he's trusted because he does deliver. And yeah, he has his moments like he did against Tottenham. But every single player has those moments. At the end of the day, if he didn't have those moments, he wouldn't be in a Luton Town shirt. He'd probably be playing for Chelsea or Tottenham, funnily enough. But he isn't. He's playing for us. And he's delivered big moments. And yesterday, there'll be some people who slated him to the high heavens, but just like me, would have ended up five rows in front because they were too busy celebrating the absolute pandemonium that that goal gave us. So rather than jumping on his back so quick because he misses one chance, have a little think. Think about the moments he's given us. Even scoring on his debut, it was a crap goal but he scored on his debut. I'm actually wearing the shirt he wore on the debut. He's even got the name on the back as well. And for me, it's just this thing of, generally speaking, we're too quick to scapegoat players and be like, this player's not good enough. That player's not good enough. He doesn't do this. He doesn't do that. But in that in that split second, there is only one man that I would have trusted. When the ball gets chested down, he'd still got to finish his dinner and I genuinely believe he's the number one player in the club that I would trust in that moment. To bury that ball and give us that moment.
3: Fantastic, weren't it, Jamie? Just everything about it for, from the start of the move, chesting it down to, to finishing. And obviously the the pandemonium pandemonium it, it created afterwards. It was just a fantastic, fantastic moment. And as I Spoke about before after you know the Tottenham miss and the lows of where his confidence would have been after that, it just shows you how extreme the lows and highs of football can be in just such a short space of
4: time. Yeah, excellent. And just to add to Kieran's point, I mean, the away at Sheffield United last season, he, he beat, beats his fullback and, and, and puts on a plate for Morris as well. That's enough, another huge goal, and I think that, that game. Okay, it was only three points, but in the grand scheme of things, I think that gives us the confidence to say, yeah, we can get promotion this season. Um, so I think he's he's always been in in involved in some very very big goals for Luton. Um, well, he's been here what two and a half years now. Um, so he's 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 uh he's done some some good stuff for the club, and it's on the goal itself. is is a, it's a bit tough because I'm I'm looking at it and I'm you can't see what is too different in terms of him on Warrall compared to what. Happened. I think it was him or Romero against Spurs. I I can't see too much different there. And you think, well, they, they disallowed our goal against Spurs, but I've allowed that one. So again, don't want to hammer the rest too much, but consistency a little bit. But no, I mean, for him to beat what in the air, chest it down, get him behind, and just that 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 finish beyond Turner was 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 excellent.
3: <coughs> the. Before we'll, um, before we'll finish today's episode, there was at the end of the game, um, you know, everyone's overjoy. Um, There's just so many fans with big beaming smiles on their faces all the way back to to wherever they were going. But actually, on the pitch, when we were celebrating, um, Rob Edwards, I think the fans wanted Rob Edwards to do his usual uh, punch in the air, but. I don't know. I don't know if I saw this differently to people, but he he put just one finger up as if one point, one point. He wanted three. He spoke about it in his pre match um, pre match presser. He thought that was a winnable game, um, and how uh, you know the exciting finish, the fact we were two 0 down, everything about that was brilliant. But there's still an element to that that he wanted more, which I think is fantastic that our manager. He's starting to see the Premier League. He's starting to see this division, and and you know expect a higher standard, which is which is good to see, Jamie.
4: Yeah, and I think yeah that, that was what I saw as well. You can see in mouth one point, one point, and it's that never too high, never too low, right? I mean, obviously you you go a bit mental at Everton because it was our first Premier League win, and it means so much after what was a, a tough start. But ultimately, now we're, we're in this league and we're we're on the roll. We're we're outside the bottom three. Rightly, um, and it's just one point again. It's one massive point towards our our target of thirty five slash forty, but it is only one point. Um, so it, there's there's no point getting too excited over a draw at Forest, okay, given the circumstances. But we, we were allowed to be really upbeat because we we were two down, but in the grand scheme of things, it's just one point closer to a to a points target that that we're looking to get. Um. So yeah, I think he 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 deserves that, and I think he 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 was spot on. Um, there's no one that will hurt more this season in 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 moments like the Spurs game and the Wolves game and the Burnley game than Edwards. I think, as we say, he he's the guy that that works all the hours in the week to to to, to set a team up. So if if we come out on on the wrong end of of things, he's the one that 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 that's hurting. Um. And at 2-0 down as well, he's he's probably hurt as well. Thinking he set his team up right, and uh, and we find ourselves two down. So to come to come back to two two, obviously he's he's over the moon, but it's still only a near point. Um, but I think coming into the season, that's going to be a very very big point.
3: And the results went our way. Um, we we spoke about how important that point could be, but but also in the grand scheme of things, when looking at you know the teams that came up with us, Sheffield United and Burnley. Uh, defeats for them. Bournemouth again lost. So taking advantage when when other teams are not not getting the results on the board, Kieran, it just adds to adds to the joy of what was yesterday. I think looking at the results yesterday,
2: and I think hopefully the narrative now is going to start to spin a little bit. Is people are starting to realise that we're not this the worst team ever in this league. Like we're seventeenth, fine. We know we're in the fight. Fine. However, as it stands, we've been 17th for three weeks, I think. So we've not gone up, we've not gone down, is the key thing. But there's three teams in this league, as it stands, on paper, if you want to make that argument, that are worse than us, based on their results. And a lot of people coming into the Forest game, they were sort of saying, oh, but, The only reason they've struggled is because they've had a tough run in and then they've struggled to beat us, which suggests to me they're not as great as people make it out to be. Will they be 18th? No. But is there potential for points there later in the season when they come back to the Kenny? Yes. It's games like that. Like Jamie sort of made a point yesterday and he said, they're the sort of team from say 13th to 20th, you look at those teams and you aim for four out of six. You get a draw away and you win at home, hypothetically, of course. Um, But at the moment, there's three teams worse than us, hands down. And I think that come the end of the season, there'll be four or five. You look at a Palace yesterday, their league position is not the bottom five right now. However, a certain someone here put Palace in their bottom three predictions. Why? Because as a team, they are not very good. They are not well coached and they've had a good start but generally speaking, they are not very good and they will be down there as well. And I know it feels like the people think I might have a palace agenda, but it's just, it's a few teams that overachieve sometimes and then eventually you just got to sort, people realise you're not very good. And when you come up against a team, whether it's us, whether it's Sheffield United, whether it's Bournemouth later in the season who really, really need those points, guess what? That team who everyone thinks is better on paper is not going to get the result. Football does not work on a on paper basis. Last time I checked, football's played on grass. Just like when people use stats as an example, it's a good sort of good reason to explain rationale, but it doesn't explain what happens on the pitch. And currently, what's happening on the pitch is we're fighting for points.
4: Yeah, and I think the tide is turning a little bit. I think, as as you say, the the. The, the rhetoric for before, before the season was we're going to be these battering boys and we're going to break Derby's point record and like we're going to stink the league out. Um, but I think that narrative is turning. I think Gary Lineker said on Match of the Day last night, I think he, he was sort of spoken over by Michael Richards, but he said that we're looking like the best of the of, of the three promoted sides. And I think he's spot on. Okay, Burnley did beat us and that was, that was frustrating. But I think in terms of over... A nine or eight game start, like we're we're the side that's showing the most promise in terms of being able to to to, to dig points out. Um So I think that narrative is slowly ch- changing, and I think that the more teams we play, then the fans of those teams will start to realize actually we're not this this absolute stinker of a team in this league. Um So yeah, I'm, I'm I hope that I can continue and Villar away another massive game if we can go there and. Put in a good performance. I think now the point at Forest means that we can go to Villa and have no pressure in terms of results because I think Villa are that second tier beneath a, a top six now. They're a side that you go to and if you come away and, and, and lose 2-1, you think, yeah, well, fine, it's, it's Villa away. It's, it's it's a tough place to go and we're not going to have our season decided on on Villa away. Um, so, yeah, I think... It's, it's yeah. I'm looking forward to seeing how the season plays out and, and how that narrative changes game by game
3: Well that is it for today a big thank you to the pair of you for joining and a big thank you for, to everyone watching and listening at home next game of course as Jamie mentioned there is Villa away Um, another, another away day hopefully we all get there on time with good time well you too anyway because I'm not going to be there But it's then Liverpool, Manchester United, which, uh, yeah, very, very uh, important and on paper, difficult fixture list coming up. But this is why we're in the Premier League and we're going to enjoy every moment of it. A big uh, push to our socials as well. We mentioned the YouTube, we're, we're closing in on 400 subscribers. A big push on that would be absolutely fantastic. Of course, we're Oak Road Hatter. On everything, of our Instagram where we are Road Hatter Pod. That is it, and goodbye until next next Thursday.
1: The Talksport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year.